Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now, we've taught, man, we've taught almost 12 weeks almost on redemption. I want to take tonight and teach a little bit on the prayers of Ephesians because that, when I got right with the Lord in March of 1984, I uh, I was going to go back into, into rodeo, so I, I got a, uh, I paid some money to go up to Henrietta, Oklahoma and go to a rodeo school, a man named Jim Shoulders, who was a 16-time world champion. So I was going to go tune up and go back into rodeo, kind of where I left off before I went nuts, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, during the night, in the nighttime, Brother Kenneth E. Hagan was conducting a prayer seminar, teaching on prayer. But actually, he was doing it day and night, and I was only going to the day meetings because, I mean the night meetings, because the daytime I'd go uh, to, the, to the rodeo school. Anyway, uh, I had just come back to the Lord. I just started reading my Bible again. I'd been filled, refilled with the Holy Ghost, so I was praying in tongues. I'd prayed all the way up there, read my Bible every morning, praying before I went to rodeo school, coming back to the hotel, cleaning up, uh, going to visit uh, Mom Goodwin, and then going to the meeting. Uh, some, a lot of times me and Grace Ann would go. Grace Ann and I would go, a friend of ours. Anyway, uh, uh, he was teaching on these two prayers. Now, I, I just trust it was the Holy Ghost. I know it was because he made some statements about these two prayers that I've never heard any other preacher make. And, and uh, I know I make those statements now because they're true. But these two prayers, coupled with a couple of others that we'll look at later, are really a key to understanding the kingdom principles that operate from the Word of God in your life. Praying these prayers, meditating upon these prayers, looking them up in other translations, and just, I've, I've literally prayed these prayers since March of 1984 to this very day. I pray these prayers. And so, as I began to study the Word of God, I went to Bible school that September. I went to Bible school. That would have been in April of 1984. That September, I went to Bible school, began to study the subject of redemption. And uh, as I did, it seemed like a lot of the things that a lot of the other students struggled with, I didn't struggle with. I just saw it. I just thought, yeah, well, that's what it says. You know, it says you're a new creature. A lot of them struggled over the righteousness issue. And that's because of religious brainwashing. Well, you know, the Bible says our righteousness is but filthy rags. That's an Old Testament quote about their righteousness, about not, not about ours. The Bible says in our dispensation and according to our, our, what Jesus has done for us, he that knew no sin was made sin on our behalf so that we might be made the righteous. No, we get in on his righteousness. We don't, we don't do hat tricks and, and be missionaries all of our life and give our bodies to be burned. At the, no, no, we just serve God. Amen? Whatever God's got, whatever plan God has for you, whatever, whatever path that he has you on. So understand this. This will help some of you. First of all, before we get into the prayers, the Bible is progressive revelation. I remember him saying that in that prayer seminar. And that helped me a lot to understand that the Bible is progressive revelation. You say, what do you mean by that? That means you can't judge the word of God by Genesis. You can't judge it by Exodus. 
You can't judge it by Leviticus. And let me tell you something, and he emphasized this, and I know why he emphasized it now. You can't judge it by the book of Job either. Because you'd be surprised how many poor old Christians dragging through life based a lot of their doctrine on the book of Job. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of... God never said that. But boy, there's people that'll beat your brains out over it, you know. I mean, like that's... that's, that's God never said that. Job said... Actually, it was one of his knuckleheaded friends that said that. Amen. So it's progressive revelation. Isaiah said, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. But see, we've come to the end. We have the full volume of what God considers to be his word in the earth called the Bible. You study how we got it in our hands. It's a miracle. And not only that, now listen, here's another proof of the pudding that's in the eating, you know. Look at all the results that it's had over the years that it's actually been a bound together book. It's always been a number one bestseller. It's produced all over the world. The enlightenment of the world in education and technology, in medicine, and everything that has happened in the last 200 years has happened because of the expansion of the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. It hasn't happened because man's gotten so smart. It hasn't happened because man's gotten in contact with aliens. Amen? It happened because men began to get enlightened by the Word of God. You study some of the greatest inventors. They were all Christians. They were believers. They were people who God gave an idea, a concept, or an insight, and they just followed it through. Amen? So we understand that we must judge the Word of God by what the end of the story is. I heard people say, well, I got to the back of the book and we win. I don't don't buy into that. I believe we win in every book, every chapter. Of the but we don't got to get to the back to win. Amen. So this is a Holy Ghost New Testament prayer. Now let me say that again. This is a Holy Ghost New Testament prayer. There's a pattern for prayer in these prayers. We'll look at that just a little bit. We're not teaching on prayer, but we'll look a bit a little bit at the pattern. Because within a New Testament prayer, in a New Testament prayer is the answer to the prayer. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, if I was going to pray for you to be healed, I wouldn't lay hands on him and say, oh, God, heal Brian. You know, he's a good guy. You know, he gives a little money to the church every once in a while. He'd mow the yard if we ask him. Please heal him. We like him. He cooks the best brisket this side of Tiki Island. We plead our case. We well, don't have to do that. No, within the prayer is what? Father, thank you that you're Jehovah Rapha. You're our healer. So we're just going to take time here and lay hands on Brian. And in the name of Jesus, devil, get your hands off God's property. And Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is true. And by his stripes, we're healed. We're all in agreement with that. Amen. And so that, I mean, it's done. It's a done deal. Within the prayer is the answer to the prayer. Now, as I was listening to Brother Hagin teach on this, he talked about how God gave him this supernaturally. How in his own uh, interactions with Jesus through visions and stuff, Jesus pointed out people are missing these prayers. They're seeing them in the Word and they think they're holy, but they are designed to be given to you and to us as a prayer to pray for the enlightenment, enlightenment that we need to understand redemption. Amen. Because listen, it's more than just the forgiveness of our sins so we can go to heaven. It's more than just the forgiveness of our sins so we can go to heaven. It is literally, it's literally the radical restructuring of a fallen family upon the earth 
that has suffered the ravages of being separated from a holy, loving God for over 6,000 years, but God interrupts that 6,000 years with at least 2,000 years of his grace and mercy where at least some of us has tasted of some of the goodness of God. Religion can't give it to you. Theology, only Jesus can give it to you. So, so, so these prayers are very relevant to knowing him. I, I, I heard a guy who I really like teaching on redemption one time. He, he, say, he made this statement. He said, the search to know Jesus, the search to know Christ, the search to, to know him is a search in which you, the more you find out about him, the more you find out about yourself. The more you see yourself in him. You see, everybody in here would say, well, I, I, I would agree Jesus isn't sick right now. How many would agree? He has a physical body. It's glorified. But how many would agree he, he isn't sick? Now, I'm going to tell you one of the reasons he isn't sick. Well, you can say, well, he's in heaven. Sure, there's no sickness in heaven. Well, he's, a, he's, a deif, he's deity again, sure. But I'm going to tell you one of the reasons he's sick is he, he's not sick, is he defeated it. I said he defeated it, but he didn't defeat it on his own behalf. He defeated it for us. So it's just as you would see yourself in Christ seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you see yourself physically in him, in Christ? His healing being your healing. You're as healed as he is because you're as saved as he is. <laughs> this will help you to pray this prayer. Let's read it here. Ephesians chapter 1. Oh, praise God. I got all night. Now, this is a good point. Verse 15 says this. Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus and at Galveston. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto all the saints. Now, notice that. He said, I've heard of your faith and I've heard of how you love each other, how you take care of each other. You know what, you know what that does? Men and women walking in faith together and loving each other together and tolerating each other together and forgiving each other together and walking in, in, in the spirit together. I mean, that, that, that right there is a great threat to the devil. Amen? So, he begins this by saying, now notice this again. Wherefore, I also heard of your, what? Faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. Not only was it their own love in the local body, but everyone else. He'd heard of the gift they'd sent to Jerusalem. Other things that had gone on, that God had done. He loved Ephesus. That's where special miracles took place. He loved Ephesus. That's where his Bible school got started. He loved Ephesus because from Ephesus, he was able to fulfill the original desire. Does anybody remember his original desire? I'll go to Asia. But from, from, from the Bible school in Tyrannus, he evangelized Asia. Oh, man, I don't want to get it. I, I, I start shouting here in a minute because it shows you how good he is. God is good at fulfilling his plan and his will. Amen? So our love here at Island Church, we, lo we, love, we love God. We have faith. How many of you are doing something by faith right now? Praying by faith, standing in faith, Believe in God by faith. You got your faith out there? Amen. And then love. We show love for each other. How many, how many have ever uh, uh, had any love from the body here? Amen. If you haven't, well, hang around. When you get in trouble, get, get bad enough, well, I'll tell you somebody will rise up and love you, I guarantee you. Praise God. That's one of the things that people say about this church. Everywhere I go, when people come to our conferences and people come to our special meetings that we host, they say this is the most loving church they've ever been in. 
I'm telling you, that's what they tell me. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Now, love what? In the house. But what about love outside the house? What about, what about the nations of the world and the, and the suffering people of the world? It should concern us. I said it should concern us. I have doubled, last year I doubled my missions giving. This year I have kept it in that doubled place and I am planning before the year's over to double it again. I just feel in my spirit that I, I, I just my, in my own, my own finance, you know, just in my giving, I need to just give more this year. That 2023 needs to be a big time seed year. I'm sowing seed. Amen. So everybody say faith and love. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you. Now notice this, the Spirit. Now notice that's not a capital S. May give unto you the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now, everybody say Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, revelation is what will set you apart from anybody, doesn't matter how educated they are. Because an educator will argue over what they believe, amen, because of mental assent. But somebody who has gotten a revelation from God doesn't argue because they've got a testimony. And so without the argument, all they got is a testimony. It kind of disarms the other side, doesn't it? They say, well, we don't, you know, we go to church. They don't believe in healing. You say, well, I got healed. You got healed? Say, yeah, you know, I go to church. They believe in healing. They laid hands on me. Jesus healed me 2,000 years ago. Pastor teaches that I'm the healed of God. And then I'm really, you know, really not sick. I'm the healed of God. Fighting off the symptoms, the temptation. See, they'll think you're crazy then. They'll think you're crazy. But that's how it works. But that's how it works. So he's saying this. He's saying you need the what? The spirit of wisdom and, notice and's a conjunction that connects the two. Revelation, revelation is what? That which God uncovers for you. Now remember we've talked about that before out of Matthew chapter 16. How Jesus, thou art the Christ. Peter, Peter just spouted it out. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, thou art blessed. That word blessed is empowered. Thou art blessed, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father that's in heaven. See, he's kind of going like this. He says, well, how'd you know that? I don't know how I know that. I just know that. How do you know that? I don't know how I know that. I just know that. It's a revelation. It's different from an education. An education can give you an explanation. But a revelation, all it needs is a revelation. It'll give you an understanding. Notice the next part of the scripture. That the what? Eyes of your what? Understanding. That means you'll have a broad... Now listen, whether you know this or not, you've grown greatly in understanding in many areas of your life. Now hopefully spiritual, spiritual is one of them. But you say, what do you mean by that? You know... If we were to all be transferred back to 1980 with everything, with your purses and, and, uh, and your, your cell phones, you would freak people out. Amen? You say, why? They would have no understanding. You could say, now look, it's as easy. Just push the button. Just push the button. They'd say, it would freak them out. 
Why? They would have no understanding. You take it for granted. You carry it in your hip pocket. You carry it in your purse. It goes off. You reach in your back pocket. Hello? Why? Understanding. You can't sit down and explain to me how that happens. No, but you have an understanding of it. And because of that understanding, you have faith in it or else you wouldn't even, well, you know, I bought one of these things, but I don't know if you can talk in it or not. <laughs> What'd Granny Clampett say? Do you remember that? Come on, y'all got a better memory than that, don't you? Jed, there's a bee buzzing in this gourd. <laughs> talking about the telephone. Yeah. Dial tone. For you younger folks. <laughs> Amen? Understanding. The ability to accept something without an intellectual explanation for the purpose of enjoying the full benefit of it, even though you didn't invent it or engineer it, you get, you get to drive in it. That's what salvation is. And that's what the Word is designed. The Word is not designed to tickle the, tickle the, 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 the pleasure center of your intellect. One and one demands to be two. But when you say, well, one and one could be 25. Well, you know, no, you can't do that. See, it doesn't make sense. Everybody say, it doesn't make sense. See, so you understand the concept of head faith and heart faith. And Paul is praying for us here from Ephesus saying, now look, look, what you need. I see you got, you got faith. You got, you got love for one another. So you got the components necessary for revelation. You need some more revelation because a lot of times all you need is another piece of revelation. That's the piece of the puzzle that you need for the breakthrough that you're looking for. I remember Brother Hagen telling the story of being sick as a little uh, 17-year-old dying boy there in, in McKinney, Texas, and he said this, he said he'd look through these scriptures, he'd got to Mark 11, 22, 23, he'd begin to, begin to have hope that he could be healed. Uh, some preacher came and, you know, said to get ready to die, so that discouraged him and he lost a bunch more time. But then he began to get back into the Word of God and the Word began to come alive on the inside of him. And he's made this statement. He said, God, I believe I receive healing. You know, that's, he was just a kid, Mark 11, Taking it at face value, Mark 11, 24. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray. He said, I believe it. He said this. He said, I told God, if you were to appear in front of me right now and say you don't believe, I'd say you're a liar. I mean, you've got to be that convinced. He said, I'd say you're a liar. He said, the Lord gently spoke to his spirit and said this. He said, you do believe everything you know, but it's what you don't know that's keeping you from being healed. So if you'll just follow the Spirit of God, and you know what he did? He was supposed to die at age 16. He followed the Spirit of God till he was 86 and changed the way the world looked at faith. Yeah. Amen. That's how powerful this stuff is. So that, see, you may, you may, be, you may be right there. Brother Greg, amen? Mm -hmm. Brother Greg, uh, uh, it may be fall harvest. It may, it may be a, a something you're listening to on a, on, on a cassette or a cassette or a, or a what, do we, what, what, do we, what did I get the other day? A thumb drive or something, you know? <laughs> Maybe listen to one of our podcasts. Brother uh, Dwayne's going to pre preach next Wednesday. Something, something he says. Something, all of a sudden the light goes. You ever heard the term the light goes on? I've seen it, especially when you go in nations where they don't, they, they don't get a lot of teaching. They want to sit there and, and listen to you for four and five hours at a time. 
Amen. You can see, you can literally see the light come in their eyes. You can literally see it. You can see light come in their eyes. What happened? The eyes of their understanding got enlightened. They begin to see beyond the natural. They begin to hear beyond the natural. They begin to think beyond the natural. Amen. Why? The eyes of their understanding being enlightened. Now notice, eyes of their understanding being enlightened that you may know. Now look, look at the word know. That you may know, a better translation is that you may experience what is the expectancy or hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now he's wanting you, he's literally inviting you to take a full drink of everything he's provided for us in Christ. And I've seen men do it, but only in certain areas. I've seen guys do it financially and end up with millions and millions of dollars. But I don't think that's what he was talking about. I think there's another realm of glory because there is a glory to wealth. But I believe there's another realm of glory that must be contended for other than something material. Something that is God's glory coming into the world, into the natural, into, into the church, into our lives at this time that does what? Continues to sanctify us or set us apart from this world. Do you want to follow this world? You want to go with those guys? I mean, come on, church. It doesn't take long to figure out. And I've said it all along. <laughs> We've always used the illustration of the guy that was like, you know, your problem is you think there's a fix for this. And <laughs> there ain't no fix for this. This thing's done, you know. We're going to elect this guy. We're going to get this guy. We're gonna... Man, you've got to get all of that out of your brain. You've got to let the water of the, the Bible calls it fuller's soap, which back then was the soap that could clean the brightest, get the most money. You know what soap does? Do you know what soap does? Does anybody know? It makes water wetter. That's what it does. That's, how it, that's why it's a cleaning agent. It makes the, 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 the H2O, one of those components, it enhances it. That's why it cleans. I think the Word of God will clean us up, clean up our minds, especially when we just get to start praying for prayer. Father, thank you for the spirit of wisdom, revelation of the knowledge, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know, that we may have an expectancy of the hope. Now listen, of your inheritance doing what it needs to do to bring us into the reality of what your will is in our lives. That's literally what he's telling us. You're going to follow a revelation of Jesus into the blessings that you need to thrive in the midst of all this craziness. Now, what did I say? Bible progressive revelation. Sure, there was a time in which every need had to be brought. Every sacrifice had to be made. But remember this scripture, all the promises of God are in him what? Yea and amen to the glory of God by us. I mean, God gets no glory until his glory comes into our lives. God gets no glory until the symptoms are gone. God gets no glory until the check comes in the mail. I'm not talking about your glory. I'm talking about the world, what it sees, what God is doing. It gets no glory. God is not glorified in the eyes of the world till you get your answer, till you get your breakthrough, till you get your miracle. Why do I have to fight so hard for mine? That's the way it is. 
That's the way growing up in Christ is. You fight for what belongs to you. You deny the devil his ability to try to steal it from you. You walk in the light of the revelation that you have, believing God every day. I'm going to get more revelation. Spirit of wisdom, revelation of the knowledge of him. And as that revelation comes, the expectancy of his calling upon my life, I begin to expect, I'm walking something out here I hadn't gotten to the end of yet. I don't know, I've, we've, Lee and I have always been kind of late bloomers. We had Breland late and kind of got married late. And, you know, I just, there's just so much expectancy, expectancy in me for the future, for what's coming. I mean, the world sees the, you know, the devil bulldozing everything down. I see God showing up in glorious ways to not only just rescue his people, but to cause his people to be a great blessing. Actually, uh, where, where else are you going to find a source of peace and hope that's real? That's real. You can't counsel people into it. You can't. No, it's got to be God. They're going to have to get saved. Amen. Now, Notice as the prayer continues. Cease not to give thanks for you, make him mention in your mouth. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ given you the spirit of wisdom, revelation of the knowledge of him, eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his glory. Excuse me, what, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. Now notice this. And now here's that conjunction word again. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Now, that scripture right there, he is beginning this portion of scripture, this letter to the, Corinth, uh, to the Ephesian church, to the church in Galveston. He's beginning it with a, an introduction, a prayer of petition. This is what I want for my friends, for my brothers and sisters that are walking in faith and love. I'm praying for you for, that you'll have a spirit of wisdom, revelation of the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. You'll know the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen. Then he says this, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Doesn't sound like he's asking anymore. It's actually kind of a transition. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Then, then he says this, toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ. Now he's not asking anything. Now he's telling. Now what do we say about New Testament prayers? The answer is in the prayer. The answer is in the prayer. So he's praying that you would have what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know, 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 experience what is the hope or the expectancy of his calling upon your life. Amen? And what is the riches of his glory that you get to participate in because you're part of the inheritance in the saints is a better way to say that. Amen? And when you realize that, you begin to realize, now wait a second. This is, this is a fixed deal. The fix is in. Everybody say the fix is in. Because see, it's the justice of redemption and all that God has done for us in Christ places you in the court of the universe standing with the one who redeemed you as your advocate or lawyer, the one accusing you, the accuser of your brother, your elder brother beat his brains out. <laughs> and he's accusing you of all kind of stuff that, you're, that you're, your lawyer is going like this. 
Nope. Mm. Forgave him of that. Amen. That too. That too. That too. Yeah. Amen. Amen. See, the problem is most people start listening to the devil, who's the accuser of the brethren. But when you begin to realize there's a, there's a better report and in the scripture, in this prayer, God begins to reveal what, listen to it, it's so awesome. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? To us would we believe according to the work of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he what? Raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above, not just above, far above all principality, power, might, dominion. Every name that can be named, not only in this world, but that which would come. Put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth it all in Listen to it, listen to it. Uh, listen to it in the, in the passion. I love it in the passion. Listen to this. It says, because of this, since I first heard about your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your tender love toward all his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers. I pray the Father of, that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would, Christ would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until, you're ex until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. So you're ready for another redemptive truth. We're in on the inheritance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8. We are what? What does the Bible say? We are heirs and... Okay. You sharing in his inheritance? Are you? Really? You know what his inheritance is, don't you? What is it? It's you. And it's you. And it's you. And it's you. You're the inheritance of God. So God's wealth is in you. So God's investment's in you. What makes you think he would withhold healing or withhold prosperity or any blessing that he's poured out in Christ? See, the resistance comes from somewhere else. Yeah. The delays come from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. The denials come, don't come from God. God sees you in Christ. Yes. Mm, my goodness. I mean, this is why this prayer is so relevant. I pray the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through 
you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but that in this, that which is coming. He alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth, that which fills him who is being filled by it. What's he trying to say? He's trying to say you're as connected to Jesus as your head is connected to your body. That's just trying to tell you. He's saying everybody on the earth, religion. You ever notice that? How denominational and religion makes you feel further from God, not closer. Because you ain't jumped through their hoops, been through their courses, done their thing. Amen? I mean, amazing what religion does. I tell you of all the devils, and I've seen them all, and there are some mean ones out there. I'm telling you of all the devils, that religious devil's the worst. They would convince men and women that they're right by doing some dead work. Some seem to have some great spiritual significance, and it doesn't amount to a hill of beans, and live their whole life, and teach their children, and build colleges based on them. Not you. I mean, we, we may think, hey, some of that little church, 40, 50 people. I'm telling you, people, the Bible says in the last days there'd be what? Great deceptions. And we see it upon the earth. But thank God for the truth. You say why? Number one, we're not trying to point you to anybody but Jesus. No head, no, no preacher that we love, no something. No, no, we're trying to get people to him because if we can get them to him, he can do the work. You say why? Because he's already done it. Now notice this as I close. Oh, I've done good. See, you're learning something about these prayers. Man, that's good. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth. And that which fills him who is being filled by it. Listen to it in the King James. It says, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth it all in all. Amplified, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Now, that's what I've been trying to say for years. Jesus, man, he was cool when he was on the earth. And I trust, you know, in our glorified bodies, an enhancement of the spirit without having these knuckle-headed minds we've got and these emotions living in glorified bodies that there'll be, there'll be a substance or a residue of that glory in the church during the millennial reign because we're going to reign and rule with him. Well, that means supernaturally. Amen? But in the meantime, we've got to, we've got to live by faith on this earth and God has not abandoned his church. And in the church right now, people are starting to wake up. Now, here's the thing. It's good to wake up with movements, with, yes, stirrings of God and, and, you know, worship services that go on. That's great. But eventually the word has to come back and reestablish in us. 
especially in this day and hour in which even the identity of man is being challenged. You say, why? Because they're fighting for the rights of people who are only the way they are because they're that way in their mind. Whoa. I said, whoa. That is pretty crazy. So in the meantime, we get to what? In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. So from that time forward, I begin to pray that prayer. And I begin to pray every day. When I would pray, I'd pray in the spirit a certain amount of time. I'd pray, you know, I'd pray these different scriptures and stuff. Then I'd pray these prayers. The prayer in Ephesians, prayer in Philippians, prayer in Colossians. And so, you know, even to this day, I pray them every day. Sometimes I find myself praying them even unconsciously. I find myself praying these prayers. But Brother Hagen said this about his experience. He said when the Lord gave him the scripture and showed him the prayer in the book of Ephesians. Now, this was several, several years after he had been healed, and now he was in the ministry. And so he was actually seeking God for more. That's what he said. He said, I was seeking God for more. And so God said, took him to the Word, took him to Ephesians, and said, begin to pray this prayer every day. And so Brother Hagin said, he prayed that prayer for 30 straight days, and he said, after 30 days, he said, I viewed the entire word of God in a completely different light. He said, everything I saw in the Bible said faith. He said, everything I saw. He said, I could. He said I'd go preach somewhere. And he said, I'd take a scripture and a text and, a, and, and notes on a completely different subject and preach my way around into faith. Because that's everything I saw. Everything I heard. Revelation. And for you that kind of follow Brother Hagin like some of us did, it's so simple. It's so easy. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. This prayer, I begin to pray it. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Spirit of wisdom, revelation of the knowledge. Eyes of my understanding be light. I might know the hope you're coming. Now, I get into Bible school. I get about six weeks into Bible school. and Man, I'll tell you, I was bogged down. I, 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 I didn't have good study habits ever. <laughs> You know, I was a solid, you know, C minus D plus student. I brought home three or four B's one time. I thought my parents were going to go to heaven. <laughs> I was busy doing other things. You know how it is. But then I get into a situation like that, and, and I'm brother brother Osteen had two doctorate degrees, and he was teaching on uh, E. W. Kenyon's advanced Bible course. Woo! If you've ever gone through that, that's a that's quite a Bible course right there. And so we were, he was teaching every chapter and we were doing the, the written uh, uh, questions at, at night. You don't have to do that. It was your homework. Uh, uh, we had two other, two other teachers that, were, uh, that also had degrees in theology. So it, was, it, wasn't no, you know, it, wasn't no, it wasn't Sunday school. It was Bible school. I mean, from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock, five days a week, you had to be in church on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. But, you know, I got bogged down. I was like, man, I can't do this. And I'm, and I'm just struggling. And so I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm crying out to God, I'm praying this prayer. And all of a sudden, like you turned a light on. Because I was just, I was just doing everything I could do to be the best I could be. And that wasn't good enough. That wasn't cutting it. I was praying all day. I was doing all this kind of stuff, and there was no rest in me at all. I mean, I was working the thing. I mean, I was praying to the Holy Ghost, going to Bible school, studying the Bible. I mean, I'm doing it, and I'm wearing down. 
because I'm doing it in my own flesh and doing it in my own mind. And so I got to the point where I was about to quit. You know, I'm like, man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can make it through school. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, what have you been praying? The other prayer, Ephesians chapter 3, that you might be filled with his spirit in your inner man, that your inner man would be empowered by his spirit. And I begin to see, this begin to become alive to me. I'd seen it in the Word. I'd prayed it a thousand times since I heard Brother Hagen talk about it. But all of a sudden, it's like I said, you turn the, like you turn a switch on. I saw it. And I said, I'm wearing myself out. I ain't studying no five hours no more. I'm going to go study it. I'm going to go look at it. I'm going I'm to commit it to my heart. And I'm going to trust God to help me. I'm going to go to the beach and go surfing or go catch me some trout or go to a meeting somewhere. I tell you, that's what I did. And I just, you know, I just said, well, you know, if I don't, if I wash out, they're going to have to wash me out. That's what I saw. I told myself that. If I wash out, I, I mean, they're going to have to kick me out because I'm going to come every day, even if I fail every class. I got an award for academic excellence. I made straight A's. I could not believe it. My parents could not believe it. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was a true miracle of God. But what it was was those prayers being acted upon, bringing revelation. And many times when I've needed something from God, man, God has given me, boom, a revelation. Boom, a revelation. And I, I value those. I've preached hundreds and thousands of messages off of those revelations. And here's the thing. If the only revelation you have is the one Peter got. I call it the salvation revelation. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then you've got it. You've got the most profound. You've got the deepest. From that revelation, every other revelation finds its bedrock upon that. Thou art the Christ. If you can't trace it back to that, it ain't God. If it doesn't go back to that, if it doesn't enhance, undergird that, mm-mm. I don't care how many dreams they had or how many angels flew or what, or what happened. Amen? Mm-mm. Doesn't line up with the Bible. It's not the Word. It's our safety net. But in the meantime, God is using it to do what? Give us revelation. And I've noticed this all my life. And here's the problem. Because if you begin to see yourself like that and other people don't have that revelation and you begin to act like that around other people, to think you're supposed to be a doormat, then it can get tough. But you have to walk in love. I said you have to walk in love. You have to know who you are. You have to walk in authority. But then you have to walk in love. See, Jesus was the Lamb of God. But he's also the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You've got two sides to your faith. You've got the side that lifts its hand and says, Thank you, Father. You've supplied my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I worship you and thank you. Then there's the other side that turns and says, now devil, get your hands off my finances. For it is written, my God shall supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Doing this empowers you to do that. So same way with all these truths of revelation. You begin to follow Jesus. That's what Paul did. He felt followed him to the cross, saw himself on the cross. Oh my God. I can die. I don't have to be Saul of Tarsus no more. 
I'm crucified with him. Then he saw him seated with him. Oh, my God. Then he saw him risen with him, seated with him in heavenly. Could you imagine what those other disciples and apostles, they're probably like, we got to check up on this. But all of his preaching, he said, my preaching does not come with the excellency of speech, but with demonstration of power. So obviously he'd get up there and teach like a church mouse and the Holy Ghost would blow the place up as demonstration, demonstration of what he, what he was saying, what he was doing. Praise God. Isn't that good? Everybody say this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom, revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding, being enlightened, that I may know, know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward usward who believe, who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought, which he demonstrated in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. Put all things under his feet. Gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of of him that filleth it, all in all. Now, if you were a Bible school class, I'd give you an assignment to go and find how much of the answer, to, to, do a, to do an outline of the answer. What is the spirit of wisdom? What is revelation and the knowledge of him? Exactly what he says. Of everything he says about us believing according to the working of his mighty power, what he wrought, in Christ when he raised you from, that's God saying, you want to see my power? Yeah, I split the sea. Cool. I did that creation. Cool. That's cool. I did these other things. Yeah. Threw some rocks with Joshua. Did all this stuff. Helped David kill Goliath. Yeah. Jesus, he came. Oh, that was really cool. Did signs, wonders, and miracles. He rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. Now, all of those, those were, you know, that's the demonstration. But this is, this is, this is, no, those were a demonstration. This is the demonstration. This is it. This is, this is, this is when I released it all. Because, see, it was all your sin. It was all your sickness. It was all your poverty. It was all. Because, see, he's not the God that just did enough. He's the God that's more than enough. Amen. So he made an overcompensation through redemption so that you could see yourself in Christ, see yourself in him, and not see yourself sick, not see yourself poor, not see yourself depraved, addicted, or messed up in any way, but see yourself in Christ. And the more you see him, the more you see of you. Now, Paul began to see that. It began to become real. I don't know if it was in the Arabian desert or where it was, but he began to get those revelations. You know, he was caught up into heaven and, and had visitations with Jesus, just like other prophets have. But he got his revelation from God. Remember uh, when we do communion, and he says, you know, I receive from the Lord. He wasn't, he wasn't at the Passover supper. He said, I receive from the Lord that which is given to me, same night in which he was betrayed. Took bread. He gave thanks. And this is my body broken for you. This do you in remembrance of me. In the same way, the same manner, he took also the cup. The take, drink. This is my blood, New Testament. Do it in remembrance of me. I mean, he's getting this by faith. And then even Peter at the end of his life writes, you have to listen to Paul. Some of his stuff is hard to hear. But his stuff is what revolutionized the lives of men and women and changes generations and cities, nations. 
one person at a time. Aren't you glad you're saved? <laughs> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? I'm glad to be a new creature. Hallelujah. Lift your hands right now. Father, we thank you. Now, Lord, we declare healing in people's bodies. Devil, get your hands off God's property. We remind you of your defeat 2,000 years ago. And Father, we worship and thank you that your Son and our Savior paid a horrible price that we might be healed. We value that. And even right now, we believe we receive healing in our bodies, in our flesh, in our organs. Amen? In our lungs. Everybody say, my lungs. So my lungs are strong. So I have the breath of God in my lungs. Amen. Father, we come into agreement with men and women that are seeking answers. Answers in their family, answers in their life, answers in their walk with God. Lord, we declare protection and safety and blessing. Lord, over our travels, thank you that you bless our going out, our coming in, that you give us a glorious time, and that here at Island Church, Father, they come up in no way short of blessings or glory. But you pour out your spirit. Touch God's people on Sunday morning, next Wednesday night, in the prayer meetings. Lord, let us pray. Let us intercede. Let us walk by the spirit and not by our flesh. Thank you, Father. As it says in Job chapter 5, we return the appointed time, nothing lacking, nothing missing. In the meantime, we surround Island Church and all the people with faith and love declare God's blessing and protection. Thank you, Lord God, for all the good things that you're doing in our midst, for the reality of who you are in us, who we are in you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord God, for the joy. You said with joy, draw from the wells of salvation. And we thank you that we're saved, Lord. Oh, we thank you that we've passed over. We thank you, Heavenly Father. The blood has been placed upon the doorpost of our hearts. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, as we leave tonight. You protect and keep us as we travel. Protect the righteous labor of our hands. Let our hearts be aflamed. Let us re recognize and realize every opportunity to share the gospel, to be a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, a miracle in people's lives. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in love and faith towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.